2: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the very first episode of the Delinquent Duo podcast. Yo, <laughs> my name is Sonny, and I will be your host, as well as my best friend here, Caleb. Yo, co-host boys. <laughs> We've been in the game together for a very, very long time, uh, over a decade now. Yeah, just about since a uh, Blackwing format. Yeah, that's that. That's over a decade. So, we decided that we've been in the game for a long time, in and out, and we wanted to start our own podcast. Uh, so, a little bit about ourselves. My name is Sonny. I have been in the game since, like Caleb said, well, really, I started getting cards when I was a kid. I was I don't know, LOB. And, uh, long story short, we're from Louisiana, and I'm from New Orleans originally. Katrina hit. Lost all the cards, didn't, you know, haven't really kept, didn't really keep up with cards for a while, and then met Caleb, and about that time, we started getting in, and then we started getting in competitively, and we got our butts kicked at our first regional. Yes, with my, with my, uh, Dragon deck. A Dragon
0: Link. A Dragon Synchro. Dragons. It's dragons. Like, Montage, Triple Blue Eyes, I had, bl- I had a Blue Eyes Ultimate, Five-Headed Dragon. For you people understand how bad I was, I had Komori Dragon
2: we yes yes we. you you weren't very much better my goal was to get a dark ball to the terrible not like not like through some like like polymerization have the cards in my hand make this happen in a 60 card deck i was running one of each in a 60 card deck and this was the goal
0: yeah
2: then you also like had dark paladin in there specifically to counter my deck yeah because i was expecting that mirror what, what do you want i mean hey what can you say and then we got to the tournament and realized that there are archetypes not only are there archetypes there's a meta and people are serious about it especially at regionals when we this is the very first tournament we ever show up to and it's a regional we are to say that we went in confident was an understatement we were for sure gonna win this thing and i don't think either of us won a match all day
0: no no i won one
2: was it against me no it was
0: it was against uh, some it was against someone who was even newer than us
2: Oh, well, R.I.P., what do you
0: want? I mean, hey. Uh, They were running the uh, Synchro Starter Deck with uh, Junk Synchro on. Hey, you take what you can get. You take what you can get. Especially at your first regional. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, for me, though, I got in the game because living out in the boonies, I had nothing better to do. Right.
2: Yeah, living out in the middle of nowhere, it's kind of like you find your own entertainment. And then when I, when we met each other in grade school, uh, we ended up, bonding over this and we've been fast friends ever since oh yeah so we played at that first regional and then we played at a local level for a few years we went to i know another couple of regionals here and there we went to one ycs which was i think austin it was either austin or san antonio i can't remember which i don't i don't know they've ever had a ycs i think that was a big big regional like a 500 regional maybe in san antonio and we the ycs was ycs austin 2013 Yeah, I
0: think that was it. That was when uh, Mermail was the thing.
2: Right, and I remember very specifically in that format, people were running Dino Rabbit when... So I want to say Rescue Rabbit and Tour Guide are both limited to two, and people were running Macro Cosmos because it was literally just a hard counter for Mermail. Mm-hmm. And that was the entire purpose of the deck, was just hard counter Mermail and... I think it got top four at the event. I think, but I think Mermel won the event.
0: Yeah, it, yeah, it did. But like the top, I think the top eight was all Mermail and Dino Rabbit. Um, I was on them. I was on them uh, Fire Kings.
2: Yo, yeah, and I was supposed to borrow somebody's Dino Rabbit deck because they were playing Mermail. and then they pivoted to Dino Rabbit at the last minute. I was like, so can I borrow that Mermail deck? And they were like, no. So I borrowed somebody's six am deck and that's what I ended up playing. Cause...
0: I think yeah, I think I think it was my I think it was my six am
2: deck keyboard. Probably. Yeah. I had six ams, but I, I wanted to run Fire Kings. Keep in mind, at this time, even though we traveled six hours to the event, I happen to have a sister that lived like an hour away. So we were able to commute that and then um I wanna say I went in without basically having a deck because I was in high school balling on a super tight budget. And even though like I understood the meta, I didn't have the cards to play in it because it was yeah. expensive.
0: And the only reason why I had the cards to do it was because of A, the 6-Sam structure deck, and B, no one else running Fire
2: Kings. I mean, it'd be like that. This is... Keep in mind, this is not Fire Kings as we know them today where they have like a nice field spell and they have all this the, nice stuff that go with it. This was pre-Yaksha. Yeah, this was... Did they have a structure deck? They had a structure deck. It was pretty much
0: just three of the structure deck. Um... I couldn't afford Wolf Barks. Yaksha, uh, Yaksha was... Co- what, didn't That's right,
2: co- Wolf Bark was a secret out of... this
0: Rising,
2: Cosmo Blazer. Cosmoblazer?
0: I don't remember. I think it was Cosmoblazer. Uh, anyway, but, yeah, no, I, I couldn't afford Wolf Barks. Yaksha was another month away, but I had Sacred Phoenix.
2: Well, Sacred Phoenix came in the structure, didn't it?
0: No. Oh. I just had one, and, um, I... And then I noticed that there was a loop involving Grunix and Sacred Phoenix, and I got that off on a Mermel player, and I won.
2: You know, sometimes people just don't understand. Loops, brother. Loops. Right. So, that's a little bit of ourselves. Oh, well, and then, well, I guess we should finish this story. After that YCS, we ended up, uh, we bummed around different regionals and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Now, keep in mind, we went to all these events, never talked to any of them. Nope, never. Not, not a one. We we're, tried. We never came into this saying we were good. So... <laughs> we that's an understatement nah, yeah so we get into the we're in the local scene a lot we're going to a lot and keep on we're at this time we're commuting over an hour to get to our locals when we can get there which is like twice a month we're commuting an hour we're in high school and college we cannot afford to play this game <coughs> at any kind of a competitive level keep playing this is when fiendish chain and forbidden lands were 40 dollars cards I mean, when we first got in, you had tour guides at anywhere from one hundred and fifty to three hundred dollars. You had die uh, uh, rescue rabbit was about one hundred and twenty. Wind up rabbit was one hundred and twenty. Zenmains was over a hundred. All of these cards, it was, in my opinion, anyway, one of the most expensive times to play Yu Gi Oh. It's always expensive, but that particular time.
0: Oh yeah, no, no, that that was absolutely ridiculous.
2: Yeah, I mean, now it's pretty bad when you have staples like Forbidden Droplet at like 120 or whatever, but there are budget alternatives that literally are pretty much almost just as good. I say literally. They're pretty much just as good. Stuff like Dark Ruler No More, which comes common out of a structured deck. Even before then, it was only, what, a $10 card? Things like that. When you have thing, all of these options that have accumulated over the years, we didn't have that back then. You were either running tour guides or you weren't. They didn't have a budget alternative. You were either running Wind-Up Loop or Dino Rabbit or whatever or you weren't. Mermail was... Mermail was a $1,000 deck. I mean... We're not talking max rarity. We're talking for the base.
0: Yep. For a bunch of commons, rares, a couple ultras and a pair of secrets. A pair? Yeah. The the big... Uh, Megalo. Yeah. Megalo was the secret. Yeah, but you need three. Yeah, you needed three of them. At the time. At the time. Later, uh, I think they. I think I think some people uh, opted to only run two because he was searchable. Well, it's not just they were
2: searchable, but the deck just became like a generic water deck. Yeah, and so the deck just kind of does so much now that you don't really need the megalos. Yeah, it's not really like your end goal. Th- that's besides the point. Yeah, listen. The point is, it was expensive. And then, even moving on from that format, the closest thing to budget was Geargia at the time, and then you had. The Dragon Ruler spellbook format, which was insane. I mean, that format, the, sure, the Dragon Rulers were rares and commons for the Dragon Rulers and the babies, but then you had Drago Sack was 100, Big Eye was 100, and those are mandatory two to three of in those decks. All your extra stuff, all the peripherals were insane, and spellbooks were no better. I mean, it also didn't help that the, I think the
0: lowest ready spellbook card that was run at the time was a super. I could be I
2: could be wrong probably I think No wasn't. judgment was an ultra Yeah uh power was an ultra Well why well, no live prophecy was an ult- was a secret library was a rare I think the field spell Yeah but was it really run? Was at, at, like, at first at one, one like at first I think it was searchable Yeah yeah
0: uh then later they shifted to like What's that Spellcaster Field spell? They didn't
2: shift to anything because Spellbook of Judgment got banned on the first list after they came yeah. out. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, no, no. no, most no,
2: powerful card ever.
0: Yeah, because no, there's a short, I think there was a short while where they were running uh, Hidden Village of the Spellcasters, I think it's called. Secret Village of the Spellcasters. Secret Village of the Spellcasters. Dude, that card
2: is broken. It's so good. People should play that in Dark Magician. If they want Dark Magician to be good, they should play Secret Village of the Spellcasters.
0: It came as a common in the, uh, in the, uh, water, in the, uh, Charmer Structure Deck, by the way. Did it really
2: Yes. That's Loki, a pretty good reprint. Did you realize that that card was like four or five dollars? Yeah, as a comment? Yeah, I didn't know that got reprinted. That's common. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. Like the only reason why I know this is because uh, is because I got three of them for the uh, I got three of them for uh, uh, for someone, and it had Dark Ruler No More, and I was like, hey, that's something I don't have.
2: Right. So, after this time, the game got too expensive, and we went to I want to say a tournament and an anime MechaCon, an anime convention in yep. New Orleans. You, I had just sold my gear, gear Core, They get so they get hit by the ban list, and this dude offers me like 200 bucks for the deck. And I'm like, bro, it's yours, it is yours. Yep, and uh, it's about this time I have a fully
0: completed
2: Madolche deck. Keep in mind, this is not current Madolce, this is what 2014 Madolche. Uh, oh, but like they still had everything. The
0: only like the only new stuff is all the extra extract monsters, except for all the things that make it really good, Queen. But you could still OTK out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, but with two cards with two cards out of your hand. Right.
2: So what we're saying is it was a good deck, but it was like a solid like what tier 2 deck at the time? Uh, it was
0: really high tier 2 and later I think they bumped it I think it got bumped up to tier 1 for
2: like a month. I have no idea. I, I've never kept up with the deck like you played it from release until what we're getting to which is at that convention Keep in mind, I sold that Girdia deck, bought... I used it to buy, like, Exiton Knight. At the time, it was 100 bucks mm. stuff like that. And I actually bought the rest of that deck for you. I think there was an Angeli in there. It was... it was
0: really, uh, At that point, the only thing I was missing was the Angele. Pudding Sass. No, no, I had Pudding Sass. Oh. I, ha- I had my own Pudding Sass. The, the only thing I was missing was one more Angeli, because you had already gotten me two, and I'd already traded for them off you. So I ended up borrowing, your, borrowing the Angeli with a promise that we would trade for it later. And right. I also borrowed your
2: Exiton... Yeah, so basically there were some borrowed cards in this deck. And he's round three of the tournament going into the last round. He is undefeated. And as he goes into the last round, I'm standing around watching the matches and stuff. He sits down. It's only a four-round tournament because it's just out of convention. It's not like a regional or anything. Four-round tournament. He's undefeated going into the last round. He goes down, sits down at the last table, opens your backpack, and... Deck is gone. Completely gone. This is the second time that I've had cards stolen, and the first time that Caleb had cards stolen. And so we immediately found somebody that was willing to buy everything we had, and we sold everything and got out of the game. Everything we had at the time, because we were we were just done. Yeah, just absolutely flabbergasted and frustrated.
0: Uh, ended up using that money and had a continued to have a spectacular time.
2: Yeah, we used every dime at that convention. Pretty much that
0: I. I Looking back on it, a small part of me regrets selling everything off, but then a small part of me is like, but all the, all the extra fun we got to have at the con.
2: Yeah, pretty much. That's yeah. the only way I can truly justify it. Yeah. So, so that's pretty much our story. And then, I guess it was, I don't know, about this time last year, but right after quarantine started. Yeah. Because... That's what made me start watching YouTube videos and stuff, and going back into the community. Mm-hmm. That's when we decided to get back in. And
0: then you you dragged me back in, kicking and screaming. I, I was not kicking and screaming. That's just a figure of speech. But you dragged me back in.
2: I feel like I got kicked at least once or twice.
0: Maybe, uh, most most because most because I didn't have the money to actually get back in. Um, ended up buying three of the Shadal Structure deck. Uh, ran that for. Up until what? A month ago, I think? Yeah, about then, yeah. Yeah, and I and I was able to pick up everything for Dragon Link. Yeah. Without chambermaids. I can't afford chambermaids. Yeah, I know those are
2: the chambers are kinda kinda wild, bro. Sheesh. <laughs> <Whew>. <laughs> so this is where we are now. We've been back in the game for a year ish. Ten months, something like that. Trying to really get a hold of everything in the community. Cause since we came since we left the game has changed so much. Think about the things that have been introduced since we came back. Pendulums were not even announced when we left the game. Oh, no,
0: no. They the, they had just been announced like a week before. Uh, and the starter deck for the Pendulums
2: was coming out like two weeks later. So we got out in 2014. So I don't know, we'll have to fact check that and see what that date is. We'll, right. we'll figure that out later. D- doesn't matter. The point is that was not a thing when we left the game. And then Lynx... Uh, they the the concept of links weren't even out. So for us to get back into the game, realize that we had missed all of Pendulum we and met, all of the goki links format and the, the zoo uh, formats. In the PK format. Yeah, we missed all of these like insane like Necros format and monarchs and all these insane high power ceiling decks. And we're so happy we did. We oh gosh. I'm so glad I missed all those Tier 0 formats. Yeah. Because I came in right at the start of Master Rule 5, and I'm like, this is nice. Yes, yes, I'm glad
0: we got to skip Master Rule 4. Did we skip 3 also? Yeah, I think my, yeah Master Rule 3 was Pendulums.
2: Hell, I don't know, bro. We're here.
0: We're here, and... Uh, we're here, and we're enjoying it. Oh, yeah. So, currently you're on... Uh, currently, I'm I am playing a uh, good old Dragon Links with the Red Eyes engine. No Wyverns okay.
2: yet. I I'm no longer in the same situation I was in high school. I play a little bit of everything. I got Eldritch together, Bird Up together. I've got I had Dry Tron together, but you know, like I bodied by the last ban list. Uh, I put an Earth Earth Machine together. I don't know. I play everything. I can't ever stick on one deck. So, but. I don't know. We decided to get to start up this podcast, and we're kind of hoping for it to—I uh, don't know—kind of hoping for it to go somewhere. We kind of like to grow this as a platform to tell the community about our experiences and uh, let people know who we are. Oh yeah. So we have some things that we want out of the podcast, some goals, things like that. Um, the biggest thing. And the reason that we started this was because I, in my line of work, I drive a lot. And as a result, I wanted to, I listened to a lot of podcasts. And I realized that there really wasn't a high quality audio Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast that also had um, a good personalities, people that really understood the game. And the biggest thing for me was regular posting i there's several Yu-Gi-Oh podcasts out there but they none of them post regularly we want to be able to post two to three times a week we're we're gonna for sure start out on fridays and tuesdays maybe tuesday or wednesday
0: we're 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 still we're still kind of trying to fill around but definitely on fridays yeah
2: so we're for sure gonna have a pod go out every friday and either Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, something like that. We don't know the exact day yet. We're going to settle on that before the next podcast. So keep an eye out. And when the next one goes up, we'll be sure to tweet about it and let everybody know.
0: Or rather, keep an ear
2: out. Ooh, something like that. So we're going to go into it. We're going to uh, we're gonna let everybody know through the community, through our Twitter account, which we are very active on. We're going to let everybody know through our... Uh, we're going to post wherever we can post, basically. Get the information out there and let everybody know. But, for sure, on Fridays, and we just want this to be consistent. That's our goal, is mm-hmm. to be consistent. And if there's something different that you feel like we could do, let us know. Because, listen, we're, we're still early in this, and we are very open to listening to not just each other's opinions, but the community opinion. Oh, absolutely. Because uh, we're two halves of a whole idiot something like that yeah (laughs) um
0: we're we're not we're very new to this um this is really the first big thing that we've been we've ever done as far as i know i think we've both
2: always wanted to get into content creation
0: yeah uh you know well for me it was just because i i consume all this media and i'm like i want to make it because this seems like it'd be a whole lot of fun get to meet some really interesting people. That's
2: the thing for me, is the people you meet. Not just the listeners, but the other creators. And that's that's something that appeals to me. Uh, I'm a very social person, so for me to meet all these people is wonderful. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So, moving into the actual meat of the podcast, since we've wasted a third of it. it uh, g- yeah, just talking about just, ourselves. Yeah, just inflating our own ego, or deflating our own egos. I don't know. Depends Both. on the moment. A little bit of A, a little bit of B. We're going to go into the actual podcast. The main thing that we're going to talk about today, and it's going to take up the majority of the podcast, is going to be the Ancient Guardians set. So we're recording this a couple of days early to make sure everything is working properly. Uh-huh. And this should be going out Friday, May 7th. Is that correct?
0: Uh, let me double check my calendar. Uh, Yes, that seems to be correct. Friday, May, se- uh, May 7th.
2: Okay, so... As this goes out on Friday, May 7th, hopefully early in the morning, Ancient Guardians will already be released. That is the release date. In that set, it's a 60 card side set, and it will have the Collector Rares, which were introduced in Toon Chaos last year, and the Collector Rares, so introduced in Toon Chaos, continued in Genesis Impact, and now in Ancient Guardians. So we have a full list of the collector's rares right here for those people that don't know what they are. Uh, Some of them... So we've got, let's see, Venominaga, the deity of poisonous snakes. Skullmeister, Trade-In, Venominon? Is that... uh, I don't think
0: Venominion is one. But we got the Snake Rain. That Snake Rain collector rare, man.
2: Because everybody wanted that. Gotta rain them snakes, boy. So we've got... Is, uh, is Light Serpent one?
0: No, he is not. Okay, so we have uh and Skullmeister, Pank, Snake Rain, and Trader, and all
2: the reprinted collector rares. Oh, okay. So Okay, so that's the reprinted collector rares. Yes. And then all these others are just reprints. Correct. The,
0: correct. And then we have, uh, for just generic reprints, we got reprints of Evil Dragon and Inada for those who wanted it. I don't know who wants that. Uh, Light Serpent, uh, specifically for the Abhis, as they're called in the ocg um and then for then for the new pendulum archetype we got luster pendulum the drago slayer dynastor power the mighty drago slayer ignister prominence um uh, and then and then for the new beast archetype we got uh, a reprint of Ayers rock sunrise which is a good reprint in my opinion
2: i agree that card needed to be reprinted it was i think it was a three or four dollar rare wasn't it super Super, yeah. yeah. It was
0: three or four dollars. Super that was printed like twice. Once as a common, once as a super, that no one bothered with because
2: I don't know why. Right. Uh Also for the pendulum archetype, we have reprints of Pot of Riches, and is that Wavering Eyes? Is that
0: uh Wavering Eyes is not necessarily exclusively pendulum support.
2: It does. It, it is a pendulum card though. More. Or yeah, less. It, it's more or less a pendulum card from what okay, I. So it's not for the snakes or the. Uh, no. Subject? Okay. No. So, there's three main archetypes being released here, which are the Abhis, which in the TCG they're being called Ogdoatics, or Og- Ogdodiac, depending on however you want to pronounce it. I prefer Ogdoatic, because that just sounds cool. I agree. I, so, we're going to call it Ogdoatic here on this podcast. Uh, we have the Ogdoatics, the us- Urs Arctics, and the Sulfacord. Sulfacord. Wow. They what? did not make these names easy on us, did they? Do they ever? You know, for an all-audio medium, we really should get these names better. I
0: know, right? Uh, Anyway, so the uh, Ogdoatics are a light and dark reptile. So about half the archetype are light reptiles, the other half are dark reptiles. What does
2: that scream to you? Oh,
0: that screams some
2: chaos. Exactly. Exactly.
0: Not only that, they have a new spell card called Ogdatic Lily. It pairs incredibly well with Snake Rain. So what Snake Rain does is you uh, it just mill out four reptiles
2: out of your deck. Any four reptiles. It's a painful choice for reptiles. Pretty much. But you don't add them to your hand. You just send yeah. them to the grave.
0: Yes. And then you immediately follow that up with the Ogdadic Water Lily, which is you immediately mill another reptile, and then if you have five reptiles in your graveyard, you get another, you get another effect. Which is? Uh, I don't actually remember. Is it special someone? Yes, it is special someone out of your deck. Okay. So, and then... About th- all the level 4 Abhisth monsters, or auto can special summon themselves out of the graveyard. As long as you either... Is it... As long as you either control no monsters, or all monsters you control are, are
2: in archetype. So, and here's the hilarious part about this, is they, so, you can spam the field with them, dump them all of the grave, Spam the field and then make use it because they're all either level four or level eight. Mm-hmm. And so you can spam into the rank four and the rank eight engines. So you can, uh, you...
0: particularly the, the one of the most interesting rank fours that I personally have found is actually reprinted in the set King of the Feral Limps. which I think is just detach one, summon a reptile. No, detach one, add any reptile monster from deck to hand. Any reptile. The only limitation
2: is that you can only make it with two reptiles. So basically. What we're saying is Konami did not future-proof Snake's Reign or King of the Feralimps. In fact, they built an archetype around them not future-proofing these.
0: Oh, absolutely. Uh, I, all I can think of is Konami's just trying to get a reason to have uh, Snake Reign on the ban list. I, I swear. They're
2: doing a great job of trying to get this card banned.
0: Oh, yes. Uh, but then, like, then as we said before, also you have all the Chaos stuff. Um, since all of them are dark and light, you know, you got your BLS if you really want to go that old-fashioned. Uh, chaos Dragon Levionair is 100% live. Chaos Creator.
2: Chaos Creator. Chaos um, Space is basically mandatory in this deck because if you have one of your Ogdo Atta cards in hand, you can activate Chaos Space and pitch it to the graveyard to add one of your Collapse Serpent or whatever to hand.
0: Yeah, and then immediately activate to pull to immediately Special Summon into the field. Now, something to keep in mind is that whenever you do Special Summon these monsters, they do immediately get banished. However, there is an in-archetype card... Is there really? Uh, yes. And I forgot to make a uh, note of that. Well, there's an in archetype card that lets you, uh... It's, uh, the Overlord, their big boss monster. Right, right, right. Yeah, Uh, whenever he's summoned, you can, uh um... Is he level 12? No, he's level 8. Oh, is he? Yeah. It's, a uh, King, Queen, and Overlord are all okay. level 8. See, I thought the
2: King and the Queen were 8 and the Overlord was 12.
0: No, he's level 8 as well. Gotcha. I was real confused myself. I thought he'd be level 12 as well. Anyway... Um, so this whole thing is that if he's in your graveyard, you can contribute three monsters on your field, spush summon out of the graveyard. In addition, you can also just kind of move all, move a bunch of your banished reptiles back into your, back into your graveyard, and then pop off their effects to special summon them, because their special summon effect is not once per turn. Wait, it's not? It's not, because when they're moved from the field, they banish themselves.
2: Oh. So there's no reason
0: to make it once per turn
2: broken (laughs) very much so
0: um so uh so hopefully we'll get now now this deck has already seen a has already seen a uh has already seen a win over in the ocg where it's been around for a couple of months now um but it was combined with orcust keep in
2: mind interesting that that they have harpor oh that's true harpor is that one over there yes keep in mind we don't know anything about Orcus other than Harpor is good card because we were not in the game when Orcus was a thing. Oh yes. Uh,
0: moving on from the Ogdoadics, we have the Urs Artics.
2: So tell us a little bit about the Urs Artics.
0: So the Urs Artics are a uh, archetype of uh, main deck water beasts. Um, all of them have varying attacks, and they're all level seven or eight. All they're. All of them are level seven or eight, and they have spe- and they have special abilities, so you can you can cheat them on the field. The extra deck monster they have a level one synchro monster.
2: Okay, wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Level one synchro. So synchros where levels add up to make something. How yes. Do you- there's no level zero monsters. How do you make this?
0: The earth's arctics synchro summon via subtraction, my friend. Um, all it's like the- a
2: whole new mechanic.
0: Yes, it is. Mm. So you have your basic uh, le- level one synchro, Ursartic Polari. It's whole thing is you can't synchro summon it normally. You um, The only way to synchro summon it is by sending to the graveyard a tuner and a non-tuner whose levels differ by one. So you can use a three and a four, uh, eight and a-, a seven and an eight. Dot, dot, dot. OMG. Yes. Um. And, uh, as soon as it hits the field, you immediately activate their, uh, their field spell. Which, every single time a monster is special summoned, it gets a counter, and when you get seven, you remove all seven. Just take control of one of your opponent's monsters. Permanently. It's just yours. Wait, wait Okay. wait.
2: How does it get the counters again?
0: Anytime a monster is special summoned.
2: On either player's field? Yep. Huh. Yep. Can't, so can they, can they spam the field themselves? Is that all the card does?
0: Uh, it's got a, it's got one or two other effects, but that's the that's the one that stuck out in my mind was the just steal your opponent's monster non-targeting.
2: Okay, well, I mean it's an interesting concept. I don't know if they'll, I don't know if that's that, that won't be like the goal of the deck. So see, like, okay, thing is, you can't you can't play that game one. You have to side deck that card at best because most likely if you if you play if you play that game one and you go first and you open it, the cards just. Dead. oh that searches or
0: something uh it yeah I, I don't fully remember what else it does that was the big thing um anyway uh in addition um all all the targets are valid airs airs rock sunrise targets as well as salvage too right half of them uh so your main decks you have the mick series and the mega series so you have mick billis Me- and mega billis for right instance. right all the mick monsters are all level seven with and the megas are eight yes uh, the level sevens all have under fifteen hundred attack and are one hundred percent salvage targets,
2: which so salvage is fifteen hundred any uh, water monster with fifteen hundred or less attack. Wait, wait, okay, wait. Is it is it just add them from deck to hand, or is it add them from what does salvage do? Graveyard to hand. Okay, so just target two. It doesn't target. It's just
0: uh add three, add a two or three. I can't remember which. I'll remember. Salvage is a very important. This is a really good card for this. Um, add it back to your hand. So. It's got some recursion in that.
2: Hmm.
0: Anyway. That's uh, so good. Anyway, so then at your at your other end, you have your level seven synchros, which you make using your level eights and your Polari in the exact same way.
2: Okay, but so can you use any two monsters whose level differ by one to make Not the level not the level seven synchros. The difference has to be seven. It's like- just you're supposed to use one of the level eights and polari. So in con- in concept, that's what you would use. But would you? You could theoretically
0: use a, You could theoretically use any level one. So if you can synchro twelve
2: and five,
0: you could probably still also make these dudes as well. Um, however, all their effects require that you, uh, in order to activate their effects, you have to tribute Earth Urs uh, That's the other effect of the field spell. I remember now. Uh, anytime you activate an effect that would cause you to tribute an Arctic you can just banish one out of your graveyard instead. Oh,
2: yeah, 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 yeah. I remember, I remember... talking about that. Yeah. That's right. That's the really good effect. Yes.
0: Uh, now, now, the only one that really, uh, now. And they all tribute to
2: activate their effects, don't they?
0: Pretty much, yeah, for the most part. Uh, now, Earth's Arctic Septrentrion, I believe that's how it was pronounced, um, just, uh, just as soon as he hits the fields, continuous negate of all monsters without a level. So that's no exceed effects no link effects that's
2: right the whole archetype is based around what's that you you have levels or no there it's Oh no yeah what's that no you, levels not our friend
0: yeah you don't have an effect um and the whole archetype i just think is really cool is based off the big dipper and the little dipper hence first takes.
2: right it's and, all
0: and how and why they're so um and why they're so uh obsessed with having stars
2: and also if you look at the artwork on these cards they're like spacey
0: Yes, very Mega It's it's unbearable.
2: <laughs>
0: okay, bear with me now.
2: Okay, all right, you're taking it too far.
0: I just a little bit. Mm. Let's move on to the sulfur chords. Okay, so the sulfur chords are a pendulum archetype. Ew,
2: gross. Pendulum, pendulum best deck. Me and all my boys hate pendulums.
0: I, I'm neutral on pendulums. Mm. So their whole shtick is. I
2: think it was a poor concept. Eh, that's a discussion for a different day.
0: Yes. Mm. So their whole shtick is. The, uh, is that there's Do, Re, Mi, Fa, sol La, Ti, Do. There are eight of them.
2: Wait, are there two different Do ones? Yes. Oh, good lord.
0: All, and they're all music-based. Of course. So you have the level... So the level one and the level eight, who are both Do, can fetch each other. Their effects uh, fetch each other based on... All of them have the ability where they can fetch another one based on its, based on its uh, pendulum scale. The level one has a pendulum scale of eight. The level two has a pendulum scale of seven. The level eight and the level seven have a pendulum scale of one and two.
2: Okay, so
0: So the one and the eight can fetch each other, the two and the seven can fetch each other, etc., etc.
2: So the level one has an eight pendulum scale and can fetch the level eight, which has a one pendulum scale. Bingo. And then like like I said, like you said, two and seven, three and six and four and five. Correct. Hmm. I feel like you're not gonna run all of them.
0: Probably not. um I would only. Uh, I would probably myself if I was to run the deck. Would probably only run one and eight. Definitely one and eight. Um, yeah, you have to run more than that. Just out of y- sheer yeah, necessity yeah uh, monsters. In names. addition, in addition, the levels one, two, three, and four have effects that prevent your opponent from negating your pendulum summon.
2: Yo, that's pretty good.
0: While in the pe- that's their pendulum effect. Right. The five, six, seven, and eight's pendulum effect prevents your opponent from activating spells and traps in response to your pendulum summon.
2: So if I've got the one and the eight, and you you can pendulum, they pendul- can't respond to my pendulum summons at all.
0: And yep, and they cannot be negated. Uh, they can only respond with monster effects that do not negate.
2: So what makes them not good?
0: They're pendulums.
2: Oh, yeah, that'll do it.
0: Um. Okay. So, but, but, but based on me reading the effects of the cards and all that. Um it's very much an engine with no wheels.
2: So it's got tons of stuff it can do, it just doesn't really go anywhere.
0: Correct, because the wheels is Grand Dore Mi Musea who will be in the Dawn of Majesty's Ma- Dawn of Majesty set on August 11th.
2: We assume as long as it doesn't get pushed back. Yeah,
0: as long as it doesn't get pushed back, it it should be here on August 11th. Right, um, and
2: also assuming that uh, that's the name in the
0: TCG. Yes. Uh, well, the, it's probably going to be something more like Do-Re-Mi-Sulfa-Cord or something like, or like Grand-Sulfa-Cord or something like that.
2: Grand-Sulfa-Cord, if I had to guess.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, so that, that uh, so that's a Link to, and um, it's whole, and it's got a whole bunch of Pendulum-based stuff. Um, now, they do have a very important spell card. Uh, it is called, uh, it's called Sulfa-Cord Elegance. It's a spell card. It's got two effects. Okay. One effect is very it it, it is direct, is absolutely an archetype. It the, no no one cares about its primary effect. It's secondary effect.
2: Mhm.
0: It's just a generic Pendulum effect where you send your t- where uh, you send your two your two Pendulum monsters in their Pendulum zones to the top of your extra deck, uh-huh. draw two cards. It's pretty good. Yeah. It's it's almost pot of greed, almost.
2: <laughs> well, the thing is anytime and I, this could be wrong because this is my understanding of Pendulums from somebody that was not in the game when they were, you know, good. I, I'm i under the impression that any time the Pendulums are face-up in the extra deck, it's like it's like they're not in the graveyard, they're not in your hand, they're not on the Pendulum scales. They're just kind of there waiting.
0: Uh, whenever you conduct a Pendulum Summon, you can Pendulum Summon them from the top of your, from face-up off your extra deck. Right,
2: right. I, I understand the concept, but what I'm saying is it's, it's almost like like, they're not in a good place or a bad place. They're just kind of there waiting for the next Pendulum summon.
0: Yeah, they're definitely just kind of floating around, not really doing anything until you conduct your Pendulum or activate a card that interacts with them somehow.
2: So what I'm saying is them going to the top of the extra deck is not, like...
0: Yeah, it's not the best thing, it's not the worst thing. The, the main thing is draw two.
2: Is losing the two Pendulum Scales, like, detrimental, though?
0: It can be. Um, it entirely depends upon what else you got going on on the field, in your hand... Um, in most situations, just me just kind of glancing at it, yeah, that would probably not be a very good thing. Um, But that's just me glancing at it. But it is still important to note, draw two cards. Because hey, uh, hey. there's a... Uh, what does Pot of
2: Greed do? I don't know. We, we're Yu-Gi-Oh players, we don't know. Yeah, we don't, we don't read our cards. All right, so that's the main bulk of Ancient Guardians. It's not... You got to keep in mind, this is a 60 card side set. It's. Did they call them the deck builder sets? Is that what this is? Uh,
0: in, uh, in the OCG, I think they're called deck builder
2: sets, yes. So, three archetypes, which last year's. So, they're doing. Okay, they're doing the collector's rares in this set. But last year's big set like this was Secret Slayers, which introduced uh, Adamantipater, which dominated for an entire format, Meldlich, yeah. which was the second deck in mm-hmm. that format and is still very relevant. And uh, Magistus, I think. No, no, no. Magistus no? was uh, no. It, it Genesis had this impact. It yeah, yeah. It had the um the
0: uh, Marincess. No, not Marincess. It was Wind, the Wind Witch. Ah, uh, it had like
2: something witchcrafters. Yeah, witchcrafters. That was it. Witchcrafters. Witchcrafters. Which tells you how good they were, because neither of us knew the name.
0: Yep. Only reason why I remember it is because Golemaroo is because of a uh, witchcrafter Aruru. Excuse me. Was that an insult? Uh, no. Um. Their big boss monster was a big golem named Gold. Oh, huh. the, the Latin term for gold, uh, which came. Which the only reason why I even know that card exists is because it came in the uh, uh, Charmer Structure
2: deck. Oh, yet another one. Okay, so wait a minute. Wait a minute. They reprinted that card of all the cards within six months of release. Yes, but we have cards that, like, I okay. You know what? We're not gonna get there. We're not going to go into that, right? Not on this particular episode.
0: The Charmers needed a win con.
2: But was that it?
0: Yes, it was someone that beat.
2: Because it's 2800,
0: I guess. I don't know.
2: I don't know. The community voted. No, wait. did, Did we vote on Charmers or did we vote on Ice Barrier? Or both? One of them was a community voted
0: thing. I think it was Charmers.
2: Listen, the point is... We understand that people like the Charmers... But I, hell, I like the Charmers. Everybody likes the Charmers, but were we really expecting this to be a tier one deck out from one structure deck? No,
0: not no. It's going to need more than one structure deck. The Link Monsters are cool and all, but
2: yeah, it's not enough. All right, let's move on. Oh, so yes. our next, so the next set after this one, uh, like I said, this is releasing May seventh, which should be. Day of release yeah. for this podcast. Hopefully. Um this is released so the next set after this is Lightning Overdrive, which is May 29th. Tentatively. Oh, tentatively. Yeah. Tentatively. Everything is tentative these days because of all the printing issues they're having.
0: Yeah, all the printing issues. Plus you know, plus you know, plus there's the you know, plus there's the beer bug going around and that's how you know that's causing issues with right. uh, you know, with uh having being able to Supply. do any sort of yeah, supplies, doing any sort of uh actual tournaments and stuff like that you know y'all know what i mean
2: right so and with this with all of the stuff going on with corona and COVID 19 which we are still despite what the news might say we're still very much in the throes of Mm -hmm. um we still don't have live tournaments which is going to lead us into the next major point yes but before we move on real quick Diviner of the Herald, y'all. Yeah, this that Lightning Overdrive set's gonna it's got some serious support for uh for the Drytron deck. Div- Move to Fafnir and Diviner of the Herald.
0: Diviner of the Herald, though. Card's broken. Anyway, okay, moving on. I just wanted to say Diviner of the Heralds.
2: It's a good card. It's gonna really make an impact and it's gonna be you could, almost,
0: abso- you could almost
2: say that card is divine. Or if it doesn't make much of an impact, then it will be unheralded. <laughs> I can do this too, you know. Yes, good. That card's going to be a secret in a Starlight. We know that. Oh, absolutely. It's too good. Oh, absolutely.
0: No, it's it's way too good to not be a uh, secret. Uh, I would be shocked and gobsmacked if Konami did not make it a secret. What was that word? Gobsmacked. I like how
2: you knew exactly what word I was talking about. Yes. All right, let's move on. <laughs> so we're going to talk about the Remote duel Invitational Qualifier, which is taking place May 15th and 16th. Um. So something that we noticed when we were doing a little bit of research on this and trying to figure all this out was that nobody knows what is the deal with these uh, qualifiers and stuff. It's it's a really complicated little system they've built. Yeah, I mean they
0: had to come up with something um, on the fly on the fl- on the fly uh, because they don't have any sort of actual online thing. They they really should, considering that Pokemon and Magic have one. But
2: that's neither here nor there. Well yeah, I mean, even like I just got a notification on my phone that Magic has the arena on mobile.
0: Yes, they just got on mobile.
2: And we don't have that in Yu Gi Oh.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh the Link Book. <laughs> yeah, we got yeah, we got unofficial stuff. Uh now I uh, they are working on something apparently. Uh I don't remember what it's called, but they are doing something.
2: We'll talk about that more in a different. Yeah, when we get more
0: information, actual information about it.
2: But in the meantime, we have the remote dual extravaganzas and qualifiers and invitationals and things like that. So, what this is, this is the remote dual invitational qualifier. It is an invitational, so it is invite only. And the way you get an invite to this is by topping a TCG remote dual extravaganza main event, which the extravaganza that was for this qualifier took place April seventeenth and eighteenth, which was about a month ago. Or at this or point take. at this point two weeks ago. But at the time that they play this qualifier, it yeah. have been a month. And I think you there might be another way to get an invite to this. I think they only do there's only sixteen competitors.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's uh I think it's uh yeah I think it's kind of uh uh, they invite you know they invite a certain amount of people from that, and then they just kind of invite the
2: who's who of the Yu-Gi-Oh community as needed. Right, because I remember the very first Invitational they did. It was eight what they consider to be pro players, and then eight Yu-Gi-Tubers and content creators from the community, mm-hmm. and that was won by Team Sam X One with Dino, I believe. Yes, I if I recall correctly. Since then, these have gained a lot of steam. The extravaganzas have become a thing. The in- re- invitational qualifiers have become a thing. And uh, I think they even announced, since they canceled worlds and nationals, they announced they're doing a YCS through remote duels. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be interesting. We don't have a date for that, but it will be later on this year. At some won- point. <laughs> yeah. We want to talk a little bit about the decks that we could see at this invitational qualifier. Um, the biggest ones being. Dragon Link for sure. Oh, absolutely. Dragon Link is just on an absolute tear. It's one of, if not the best deck. I want to say the win rates on Dueling Book. I was watching a a stream, and in the stream they watched a video from a guy, uh, something, Rent My Dad or something like that on YouTube. And he goes over the statistics for the top, uh, I think it's the top 50 Dueling Book players, and their win rates with certain decks and things like that. I would say the win rate for Dragonlink was something somewhere in like the ninety percentile when they go first, mm-hmm. and somewhere in the eighty percentile when they go second, which is honestly insane.
0: Oh, absolutely! Uh, oh, absolutely! I mean, what what can you do when your opponent just kind of it's oppressive? Just plays their entire hand and ends on a board of a two negate Borload Savage, a three negate Appaloosa, and you got that um, spheres. Yeah, you got that spheres. What do you do?
2: And possibly still a card or two in hand for like an Ash Blossom or something like that. Yeah, or
0: even like a Set Imperm or something like that. Just the
2: deck is oppressive.
0: The, the three negate app, app, Appaloosa <laughs> by itself is a if problem.
2: You, right. I mean, even though it's once per chain, it's not once per turn.
0: Yeah. Um. And and you know me playing you know me playing against you I you've seen me just dump out a four negate Appaloosa before.
2: It's a thing. It, it has been, it has happened.
0: Yeah. It, it doesn't happen often, but it can do it. Granted, I passed her with literally no cards in hand, but...
2: Well, yeah, but you also had the Boralette Savage in the Heavenly Spheres with the Fornigate to Yeah. It was a, Listen, it was a good, it was a good opening hand. Oh, absolutely. Still won that game.
0: Yeah, yeah, you did. Anyway. Listen, Forbidden Droplets, a heck of a card. Forbidden Droplets, evenly matched, uh... You know,
2: stuff. They're I all sh- good cards. I, I can put it. stuff like that. So, uh, what I was playing at the time, which is the next deck we want to talk about, which is Eldritch, um,
0: and all of its uh, different variations therein.
2: Oh yeah, dude. See, when we say Eldritch, there's like a gajillion different versions. So you've got you've got uh, Dogmatica Eldritch, which is probably the most popular. Or no, no, I'm sorry. Zoo Eldritch is the mm-hmm. most popular variant. And then after Zoo Eldlitch, you have, Dogma- you have Dogmatica Eldlitch. Invoked Zomatica Eldlitch. Invoked Eldlich. The Pile, as it's called, runs the Eldlitch engine. Yeah. And really, it's just a deck that's so versatile, and you can work such a strong grind game with. It really is an exceptional deck going first or second.
0: Its only weakness is super poly. That, that card hurts, bro hurts uh, oh yeah just just super poly into uh my old mad lord
2: if if i'm if i'm if i'm being uh if i'm being cheeky yeah in the mirror match Eldritch the mad golden lord so okay i went to a tournament i don't know it's about two and a half weeks ago it was a case tournament in mendenhall mississippi shout out plus one games or was it one up oh, God, i don't know that's not that's bad shout out that shop and all those people there it was a great community Middle of nowhere, but great community. We drive out there, and I played against a guy. It was an Eldritch Mirror match. He was running Eldritch the Mad Golden Lord in his side, or in his extra. He was running one, and he sided in two super polies, and he super polied me. He literally just stole my Golden Lord with his and made the Mad Golden Lord, and I lost that game. You can also just use one of your own trap monsters. Yeah, absolutely. The card is live, and he also side deck. I think he side decked in the field spell, which also functions as a fusion spell. I think. So, anyway, long story short, Eldritch is good, and then we've also got Dino is still strong deck in this format because oh, absolutely. Have you read Misk? <laughs> uh, also, U- Ultimate Conductor Tyranno does not care whatever you have to say. It's a heck of a card. And that 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 deck can break boards anytime. Dragonlink is prevalent in a format. Dino is going to be a thing. And past Dino, I would say the next big deck is not even one that we have listed here. It's probably Shadal. Oh, absolutely. And
0: Shadal variants. Oh and- yeah. Invoke Shadal. Even, even even a pure even a trap based pure Shadal. Absolutely. All, all because everything in your extra deck is a super poly target, first off. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, because, you know, right now the only. Uh, the only types that aren't being run right now is water, and no one cares because Amakulus is terrible.
2: We don't really have a fire deck either. Yeah, well, Ash. I guess Miscellaneous Sources fire.
0: Yeah, Miscellaneous Sources fire. Um, but that's not here nor here nor there. Um, you can I mean you can steal your opponent's Earth monsters to make and Naga. Uh, you get you can steal their Light monsters. Wind. A, a la Golden Lord or. Ultimate Conductor Tyranno and make, uh, El Shadal, uh, Construct, one of the most broken Shadals ever made. Right. Uh, and recently, they got Genius.
2: Yeah, so that was something that released in Ghost from the Past that actually has a bolster to the deck. Probably a one of, but still oh, a good card. absolutely. First off, it's an Earth
0: Target for Shekinaga, and it's just an omni Right. What's not to like? Yeah, pretty much. It's an Omni-Negate on a, on its, uh, discard effect, not its flip effect, which is... Kind of stupid. I would have switched the effects and had its negate effect on the flip,
2: but we don't get to make those decisions. No, we that that's above our pay grade. We're, some not, of the, we're not getting paid. Some of the lower tier decks that we have listed that could make a showing and be, uh, you know, a thing. Uh, Burning Abyss and the Trap BA decks, specifically that pack has been running a lot. Uh, that deck is good. It, that can build a board... And most importantly, you can really control the game state. It's really a meta call, and we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we have Grand Maju listed. Uh, that deck, that deck could make an appearance. Oh, it's it's going it's going to make a showing. Will it do anything? Who knows? Probably not. I don't know that it'll make an appearance at this because it's such a small sample size. Yeah. Oh Being yeah. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But there's still the ch- I, do- I highly doubt, it. but there's still a chance, and I'd still like to min- and I'd still like to at least bring it up as a possibility.
2: It's a right. dumb possibility. It's but a it's- deck that we enjoy here and a deck that we like, and we think it's still always a legitimate deck to take games. Mm-hmm. So, and the last deck that I really want to talk about here for a minute is Bird Up, which is Lyrilus Tribrigade, for those that are unaware. This is an interesting deck. It's To a point, it's Barrier Statue Turbo, but the deck's got an enormous amount of link climbing and plays that it can do that really... Really, can be abused. That deck has combos. Oh, oh yes. Um, um, uh,
0: you know, for a while he, uh, you know, my good pet, my co-host here was playing Bird Up himself. I was on Shadal's. Barry
2: With... Statue's is a hell of a card.
0: Oh yeah, Barry Statue's. Barry Statue's a hell of a card. Um, like, cause I mean, most of the time, yeah, I was able to get around it, but I had to use my battle phase to do so.
2: Yeah, it's literally you have to normal summon, swing, and then really, now a lot of them run Tri Brigade Rendezvous, which can banish from the graveyard and prevent it from being destroyed by battle. Exactly. So then you better have a
0: out in your hand like Gadara. Do the Rendezvous
2: or Revolt, which is why Gadara is a ten dollar card
0: now. Um, or or you'll have to run, or if you, or in the case of the Shadal, you'll have to side. You'll actually have to uh, in your extra deck run Wendigo, who's terrible. But you can then super poly away at
2: the, uh, so this is our first, I, I'm giving Caleb a look here. This is our first podcast. This is our first recording. And you know, you take away lessons from these and my first lesson I need to take away is, but if you're going to hold a conversation and just talk for an hour straight, bring a bottle of water. Oh, absolutely. I don't know what you, my throat is so dry, dude. Same. Lesson learned. We'll definitely have water in the next episode. Oh, absolutely! Lesson learned.
0: Uh, and then, of course, you know you'll have your dogmatica. It's going to be everywhere. It's a thing.
2: Even if you just splash three nadirs, a couple of punishments, and then the fleur de lis and the ecclesia, it's you can splash that. You can splash that entire engine in five to eight cards.
0: Oh, absolutely! And you can splash that engine just about any deck too, um, especially Eldridge because they don't care about their extra deck very much.
2: Right. I mean, you can splash it so easily. In Eldridge, and you really you can play it easily. It it combos well in any deck that runs Shaddolls because you can dump the App cologne, get the Schism. It's mm-hmm. super duper super duper easy peasy one two combo. Oh absolutely. Uh,
0: some uh some uh Dogmatic players have even opted to run one Schism, one App cologne, one Winda in their in their extra deck. Yeah, just and that's it. Uh, cause then they dump the App cologne, use Schism, use App Colone, use all and another Dark Monster bada bing bada boom you got a Wenda.
2: so we only have a couple minutes left here but that kind of leads me into our it kind of leads me into the line of thought of i've been seeing a lot of people online look like complaining about Winda. how do you feel about that as a should sh- sh- all buy they're, sh- they're calling for window to be banned
0: <clears throat> <sighs> okay so Winda is most definitely incredibly oppressive the thing you got to remember about it though is that it's not very big it's only 2200 I know a lot of decks that can run over that in one special summon. Very easily. In addition, it's also not immune to any card effects. Granted, it can't be destroyed by your opponent's card effects. So what? I mean, how many cards do people play now that that target destroy or destroy period? Most of it's targeted, send to graveyard, non-targeted, send to graveyard, bounce back, what have you. I mean, Dryden. Dry fair Dryden <laughs> is like the one ca- uh Dryden Pankertops,
2: and the- uh, yeah. I would say Eldritch the Golden Lord, but he sends yeah yeah exactly he sends so even those zero summons you can just goodbye window yeah exactly so
0: it's not and then yeah, and then as with all the El dolls you get a- you then you get a smaller trap from your graveyard back to your hand I don't think it should be banned but there is an argument for it to be limited or semi limited
2: no there isn't the cards only ever run at one. No, 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 it's run at 2. In Pure Shadal.
0: Yeah, in Pure Shadal, it's run at 2.
2: But what about decks like the Dogmatica deck that literally just tech in one apclone, one Winda and one Schism? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, mm. it makes it... That card existing makes it techable. I mean, no, some people say, Nate, your servant's the problem because they can just dump the Apklo. Ap-cologne. Apklo's the problem because they can just search the Schism. Schism's the problem.
0: Because, you know, you can just banish and splash some... And, you know, fusion some of your opponent's turn...
2: I really don't think any of those are the problem. I think the card, this is a situation where which, what's the problem? The cards that enable the problem or the actual card that is causing the problem? I think it's the card.
0: I mean, the same argument made with Chris on Halka Fibrax, but that's a discussion for
2: another day. <laughs> yeah, we don't have enough time for that one. Oh, oh my God.
0: Bring back all the good tuners
2: for real for real
0: okay uh and in this real quick um some upcoming stuff we have we have the uh, remote duel invitational that we were talking about may 15th and 16th right uh 29th and the 30th we have the lightning overdrive pre-release which is tentative for now
2: so this is when we say pre-release this is when you can go to your ots stores get the get the packs a little early yeah get the promo stuff like that
0: yeah and then the official release is june 4th
2: oh so the pre-release is like a full week in advance
0: it normally is. Um, it's normally the weekend
2: before. Oh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha, yeah. gotcha.
0: Uh, so yeah, and that's um, that's the, all the big stuff I'm looking forward to anyway.
2: Well, I think that'll wrap us up. I, You know, first podcast, I feel like it went well. How do you feel? I'm feeling pretty good. Pretty good? Oh, yeah. I, this was uh, this was definitely
0: uh, interesting. Very, very much a learning experience. But it's going to be... A progressive learning experience until we become the best ourselves that we can be.
2: That's exactly right. I love the way you said that. Feeling good like I should. <laughs> it's it's definitely a learning experience. We kind of need to get our feet under us to really get a feel for sitting in this little studio that we've built and recording for... We were hoping most episodes are going to run around an hour, which yep. yeah. I thought was going to be a pain, but honestly it's flowed really well
0: oh yeah i mean we spent 20 minutes talking about ourselves but yeah we won't have that every every
2: episode we're gonna have to go off some more content
0: oh absolutely well again we're, we're still figuring things out we'll figure it out
2: i think that as time goes on sure we may improve audio quality and we may improve technical stuff but our goal when we started was to already have the audio quality at a good level and the technical stuff at a good level um I've set up a lot of the hardware and Caleb's working on the back end to do most of the audio editing to make it sound so crispy when it hits your ear and um, we're working together we're going to do this together and together doesn't just mean the two of us it means all of you out there listening at home we really need the support of the listeners we need people to not just listen to our podcast but tell others about it within the community spread the word yo pretty much we can't do this without the support of the community which is a community that we love um, we've had our moments with but we love and we hope to be here for a long time do this a long time and really get a feel for this get a feel for ourselves and you know oh yeah get oh, the yeah. hang of
0: oh yeah absolutely
2: anything else to add on the end uh, nothing I can think of. Well, that'll wrap us up. We're going to come back for another episode next week. Uh, goal is, let's say Tuesday. We'll we'll try.
0: Um, we'll see what we can do. But, uh, but definitely a ne- uh, bare minimum next Friday. That's, Something like that.
2: Yeah, absolute bare minimum. Right. So, all right. Thank you all so much for listening. Come back for the next one. Follow us on Twitter. And we'll see you next time. All right. Get your shots.